touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Hello, welcome to your Sunday morning. I hope the Saturday night treated you well. I know there was a lot of celebrations in Sydney uh, with Black Caviar 25th successive win at Randwick Racecourse. And she was, of course, seen out celebrating running stark bollocky <laughs> naked through King's Cross in the early hours of this morning, Black Caviar. Not a stitch on. Not a, not, not a stitch on. They had, they run. have the shoes Nude on. Run. Shoes on? No, no, no shoes. shoes. She had the shoes just hanging over the shoulder, you know. Just four shoes. How, how do you like reckon? How, Mardi Gras. How do you reckon she's Celebrates like an extra bag of chaff, or what? <laughs> I'm not sure what she does. <laughs> yeah, right. she did a lot of chaff, I tell you. A lot of 25 wins. Amazing. You actually told me, uh, Berkey, yes, uh, that you were explaining to your daughters the writing style of Luke Nolan. Yeah, uh, yeah, as, yeah. Is this a good family thing for you to do? Good family thing. Well, mm-hmm. as apart from uh, me having a bit of a watch at the same time and maybe yeah. having a flutter, mm-hmm. all the kids go, Wow, the horses are going around. It's like great, and the little ones, you know, jumping up and down, like doing a yeah. bit of a Gangnam style type number as well. Okay. Um, but Luke Nolan just sits in like a cardboard cutout, just yeah. doesn't have to do anything, doesn't break out of that sort of skiing position, if you call it, or mm. like when you're riding black caviar. Everyone else seems to be just go flogging the horse as hard as they can. Yeah. She goes, oh, let's have another little trot on the way around here. Just amazing, Timmy, isn't she? Oh, gr- great horse and uh, great to watch. And uh, it's funny, Berkey, I had a, I had a, um, a younger coach, uh, I think it was might have been under-17s coach, who was telling me a story a few years back about um, when he was, it was Sunday morning, he woke up and he's sort of in the in, in bed there and he's giving his wife a little cuddle and his, his three-year-old son walks in and opens the door, unfortunately, and said, go, Daddy, go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think he, I'm not sure he had Lukey Nolan sort of uh, whip in hand. But, uh, <laughs> a bit embarrassing for him, I think it was. <laughs> uh, Tim Horan. Was is that the old, aren't you a mate? Or Timmy's is come that... off the red eye here, obviously. He's got a you know, decided lack of sleep. Yeah. How many hours have you had, Tim? Yeah, the red eye back from Perth last night, guys. So um, about two hours sleep on the plane, if that arrived like, in, back, in, back in Brisbane, 6 a.m. So, um, yeah, great win by the Western Force last night. Um, we'll talk further about that against the Crusaders um, in Perth. It was a sea of blue over there, about 17,000 people. And some good wins from the um, the other Australian teams as well. The Brumbies against the Highlanders. Also yeah. and a great one, win from the Reds, wasn't it? Yeah, and a terrible last-second loss for the Rebels as well. We'll get to that. We'll speak to Sterling Mortlock later in the program. All ahead uh, right here on the Rocket is your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. That is song two from Blur, and this is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. Tim Hoare and Matt Burke, Tony Squires with you. Let's run through some scores before we give you some details of a couple of the games that uh, we enjoyed over the weekend. Uh, let's take you back. The Brumbies, 30, beat the Highlanders, 19. Did you tip the Brumbies? No, I went Highlanders. Yeah, you're hopeless. The Reds. Uh, <laughs> it's, we... like, it's like when you go to the casino. It just goes black, 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 black. It's, it's got to go red, red at some, some stage. St- yeah, exactly. Well, it did go. It went red for the Reds. They beat the Chiefs uh, 31-23. What a great win that was. Talk about that in one second. The Blues, 28 over the Hurricanes, 6. Oh, the Southern Kings. That The death uh, knocked pick, over the Rebels. You picked the picked Southern them. Kings, did yeah. you? Uh, how un-Australian on me. 30 to 27. <laughs> the Western Force, uh, Timmy, was at that game last night. 16 beat the Crusaders, 14. The Stormers, 22 over the Sharks, 15. And the Bulls, 26 beat the Cheetahs, uh, 20. The Waratahs. I have picked the, the Waratahs as well. Have you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, well, given that you've just jumped off the plane, Timmy, why don't we go there first, that Western Force game? 
Yeah, a great performance from the Western Force. Uh, going into the match, the Crusaders were obviously very hot favourites. Yeah. I think the Western Force were about $4.50, and they had lost their last game against the Rebels at home. And uh, They only had won one game so far this year, and that was against the Queensland Reds in Brisbane. So, I mean, they've got it in them for a big upset, the Western Force, and they were, they were sensational. Ed Stubbs, uh, his first game on the wing was great. A guy called Junior Rasalia, an outside centre as well. So they're up against the side where... They've got All Blacks right throughout the Crusaders team. Robbie Fruin, uh, Ryan Crotty, uh, Andy Ellis. Um, a, a wonderful team, front rowers as well. But um, Todd Black out of the coach of the Crusaders would be really disappointed because they just came back from South Africa. They had two matches there and flew back to Perth. And I was talking to him before the game. He said, we had a really easy week in Perth. We backed off the training. The guys went for some swims and we had some bonding sessions and the players weren't up for it. Is that the old complacency chat, Timmy? You know, when... The- like the Brumbies last week, they're playing a lowly ranked team and all of a sudden they don't get up for it at the same time because they were talking about that loss in 2010 that they had to them. That was their, I suppose, motivation that they can get caught out over in Perth. I mean, there's still some good performances by the Crusaders, some line breaks being made. Um, Robbie Fruin, again, big and powerful at the same time. The forward pack were pretty good, but they just couldn't finish it off, could they? No, they really miss Daniel Carter, who's been out now for three weeks. He was out for two weeks because of the birth of his uh, child, um, Marco. Um, but then he had a slight, a slight hamstring strain as well. That was probably from watching the birth. But they, they really <laughs> they really, they really missed him in the game. And um, it's interesting now, the Crusaders, um, and you would, uh, Burke, you and I have picked them in the top six, but mm. um, they are now only one point ahead of the Waratahs. So they've only got... They've only won three matches out of seven. So I know they go back and play a lot of home matches now. So they will, they still may scrape in, but there's three New Zealand teams ahead of them in the competition at the moment. All right. Well, let's go to the, uh, the Southern Kings and, and the Rebels. The Rebels led, I think, by five minutes to go, 27-20. Mm. Uh, then that try, and then the kickoff, trying to get the long, deep kickoff right, then kicks it out on the full, the scrum at halfway. And suddenly it felt like... You know what? This is going to end ugly, didn't it? 14-0 to start with, up from the Kings. And they played some pretty good football to get mm. across the line. And then all of a sudden, the, the Rebels had some momentum. And they were down the, you know, pressing the line of the Kings. Uh, Scott Higginbotham not taking the option to go for goal, but taking a scrum, taking a line out. And they end up, end up scoring a couple of times there. But you're right. It's just about the occasions, the moment, doing the right thing, sealing the game or, or finishing the game well. And you could just see it in that last little minute and a half and, and you just knew they were going to set up for a, for a field goal and, with and, catch a killer uh, catch, a, <laughs> catch a killer he was the killer last night wasn't he and just how calmly he one hit the conversion yeah. from that try on the left hand side there and then two you know set themselves up for the uh, for the field goal so yeah bad loss for the, for, the, for the Rebels never beaten a South African team that's incredible isn't it so a huge stat. Never beat them. There it was last, you know, last night. And, of course, for the, the Kings to win there was also uh, an amazing effort. Uh, yeah, there were some sad boys. There was a bit... Was it a cry? I'm not even who it was. I didn't catch it, who was lying on the ground afterwards. One of the Rebels looked like he was heaving. Big cry, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it looked like a prop as well, yes. a reserve prop. Yeah. Maybe we won't name names at the really? same time. I'm going to ask Sterling Mortlock, who is a big cry, fat crybaby <laughs> lying on the ground? That's but, the, but the tummy was really... Yeah. Quivering, wasn't it? It was quivering. Yeah, exactly right. It's like Matt Dunning at his best. (laughs) When he looks at the buffet. Yeah, that's right. When it's too far away. (laughs) When the coach used to put the Mr. Whippy van down one end of the field towards our uh, running towards. (laughs) Put that music on. Matt Dunning. Oh, I'm off. I'm downhill. Yeah, that's right. If that record for the Melbourne Rebels is poor, the record that the Reds have, Timmy, against New Zealand sides is quite amazing. 
Yeah, it's, uh, and, and for mine, um, personally, uh, Berkey, I'm not sure what you feel, but for the Australian teams, it's not until they play New Zealand teams in New Zealand that you can really take the temperature of how the side's performing. Um, for the Queensland Reds, I mean, I did tip them as I thought they were really getting in some good rhythm. Um, but against the Chiefs at home, if you can beat the Chiefs in Hamilton, and the Reds have done it a few years ago as well, you know that they're the real deal. Um, mm. Also for the Brumbies, to be able to win in Dunedin against the Highlanders. I know the Highlanders um, haven't won a match so far in Super Rugby, um, but to win in New Zealand is such a difficult um, time. But also, um, Tony, I want to go back a little bit, uh, and I'm not sure, I mean, James O'Connor playing at fly half last night, yep. and Berkey, I'm not sure mm. where you think his best position is. And I know we'll talk a little bit later in the show about why Quade Cooper has been left out of the Wallaby 30. But I'm not sure how much influence that Robbie Deans would have, Berkey, on asking Damien Hill, the Rebels coach, can you move James O'Connor from fullback to number 10? Mm. Does he have that sort of influence, do you think? Because that's where I'd like to play him in the test matches. I reckon there might be a a phone call down there because Angus Roberts was uh, at 10 for the last couple of weeks with O'Connor at fullback. And and when O'Connor... Stepped in a fullback, uh, stepped in a five-eight, I should say, in in the game as it progressed, he seemed to have a bit more of an influence. But Timmy, you know how it is sometimes when it's not your position and you step in there, and all of a sudden you have a bit of an impact, then you go back to where it was. So maybe maybe his best position is out wide, and he steps in there every now and then and creates a bit of point of difference, if you call it that. When you stand there the whole time and have to control the game and do the do the basics, as they call it, kick the corners. Uh, make the right passes, maybe that becomes a little bit too much of him last night. And we saw a couple of times, Timmy, on that, especially getting close to the line, there was a little outside break and he just didn't let the ball go early enough for, for the outside men to, to get the ball in hand to score the try. So maybe, and then obviously after the performance last night with Cooper, that the 10 roll, it, it's very specific and maybe he's not cut out for that 10 roll just yet. Yeah, well, I think Quade Cooper, for mine probably should be, the, should be the number 10 going in the lines. Christian Liliofano and also Matt Tamura are going to be very close as well. James O'Connor for mine should be on the wing or at inside centre. Uh, I just don't think he's got the dis- distribution to be able to ignite the back line outside of him. Yep. But, but t- time will tell. But as you said, Tony, a great win for the Queensland Reds um, away, yeah. away from home. And, you know, Genia, Horwell, uh, Quade Cooper were on fire. I was going to um, say, whoever gets the 10 in that Wallabies jersey, they're going to get good service from Will Genia. He looked terrific again. Wasn't he yeah, quick again? Really, really good. What about... What about Timmy, what about the one, um, and you, might, you probably would have seen it, obviously interested in how they're travelling, Ben Tapawai, um, axed by Richard Kahui, just oh, absolutely he? smashed. But the thing about it is, for everyone out there, when perhaps when Tim and I played, we our, the defensive system when you played against someone was mm-hmm. uh, was inside to out. So you, you had to look from the inside for the guy coming at you. Nowadays, they do outside in. It's a, you know, a rugby league influence where they're... Mm-hmm. The wingers jam in, and as you're they looking at the ball, yeah. exactly yeah. right, you just get blindsided yeah. and crush. You, who, what's the biggest crushing you have got as a player, Berkey? Uh, Oz Durant, 145 kilos, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, from a lineout, we did a play that went to the middle field, hit up, came back the short side. But what I didn't realise, but Oz Durant lost his boot from that lineout, and he was tying his boot up as I was coming around the corner. He looked up and just went, mm, and it got absolutely. Axed. He landed on oh, me. I did. I did my medial. Did my. I did my posterior cruciate. I was out for about eight weeks. And most of your breakfast. <laughs> and most of my breakfast. He slipped. God, he slipped that up too. I, I remember getting smashed in a, a Super Rugby game. I wasn't sure who it was, and I got. I had stars, and I sort of got up, and it was a scrum feed to, against us, and it was just all dark in front of him. I couldn't see anything. Oh Jesus, who hit me? But it was actually Jane Alona standing over the top of me. You played just walking out the shoulder side. charge. <laughs> this is Rockets. Sunday rugby show.
This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. This is The Rock. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. Sunday afternoon in Sydney, the players will gather our Wallabies who have been selected for the logistics camp. Mm. Now, look, I, I've got an older brother, uh, Jeffrey, and look, and I love you, Jeffrey, very much, but he does a job uh, which I don't understand. He can sit there talking to me for hours on end, and I've got no idea what he actually does. He's nod. Yeah, he's, he's uh, well, what is he? He's a consultant in supply chain management. And he can talk for hours about supply chain management, and I've got no idea what he does. Same as this. This is a logistics camp. What the hell is a logistics camp? Can either of you explain to me what a rugby team does at a logistics camp? Tim Horan? Well, well, apparently what it is, Tony, is that Robbie Deans, and rightfully so, wants to get all the players together, and he's had a couple of camps now to make sure that when they go into the Lions Test match um, in Brisbane in uh, mid-June, that they're all prepared in regards to suit fittings, uh, media headshots, etc., to make sure that there's just the rugby component is left in those two or three weeks leading to that test match. So I think it's a pretty good call. They had one in in January as well. All the players went down there and, and got into camp. But um, the issue is Quade Cooper not being obviously in the 30-man squad, which the alarm bells started ringing. And I had people text messaging me from the UK saying, what's going on? What's happening? We thought Quade Cooper would be number 10. But apparently what it is, Quade Cooper has already had his headshots and already had suit fittings and, and Fox Sports have gone and interviewed him about you know why you'd like to play the Lions, etc. So... I'm sorry, before we get into the Quaker, I, I, I just need to back you up a bit, Sparky, this logistics right. thing. So, <laughs> we're having a camp, so some tailor with a little yeah. tape measure around his neck can walk in and go uh, like, and measure the inside legs. <laughs> yes, well, why, can, why he can't go to each state and do that? But, why haven't um, they? I've noticed most of them wear blazers. Surely they just ring up the Brumbies and say, what's the suit? What's Ben Moen's suit size? What and they you go, oh, he's, you know, he's a, a 40 regular. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Logistics they, camp done. Are they trying? Struggling with a stylist as well these days, haven't we? Yeah, gear man. Well, Tony, you and I work for Fox Sports, and yeah. you know that every year yes. they ring up and say, what's your suit? So I was going, well, just take it off last year. Or just add on last year's. Yeah. With yeah. Yes. Double last year's plus three, thank you. So Quade Cooper, I've got no doubt Quade Cooper will be there come the Lions' first test match. Whether He'll, he'll certainly be, for my belief, will be in the 22-man team, mm. uh, whether he starts or not. I, I think he should start at, at fly half if his form continues the way it is. Yeah. So no, no Georgie Smith in that list yeah, as, as well, mm-hmm. do they just go back 12 years and take his measurements from, from 12 years ago? It'd be a tight suit, wouldn't it? <laughs> Those buttons would be working hard. <laughs> Actually, I reckon he looks better than I reckon he looks better now having that little stint up in Japan. I reckon he looks fitter. I think he's lost a bit of freight from when he played, you know, last time. He played 110 test matches and he was outstanding. And one of the, I mean, one of the plays he did on, on, on Friday night where he scragged one of the players down, slid around, got up, gave him that second to play the ball and then got it and then had uh, buckets and bus- buckets of Vaseline on him so no one could actually touch him at the same time. <laughs> they just slid off him. He is outstanding, Timmy. Yeah, it certainly. That'll be a big call whether they select him in um, you know six to eight weeks' time, whether whether Robbie Deans wants to do that. You've got Liam Gill, um, so he's the form number seven at the moment, Michael Hooper as well. But I think what the communication, probably what it was, Tony, was lacking at the start of the week from the Australian Rugby Union. And yeah. I think they probably should have come out and said, the reason why we're having a 30-man logistics squad um, meeting in Sydney is... X, Y, and Z, and the reason why Quade Cooper is out of that 30-man squad is because he's had his headshots, he's had everything in the January camp. But I reckon Robbie Deans may be just playing a little bit of um, you know headspace with with Quade Cooper about you know what how's he going to react to this um, selection, what is he going to say? Is he going to go out on Twitter? And Quade Cooper handled himself really, really well. So he did. He said, 
Yeah. What in terms of communication? It, where are we when we talk about George Smith, the son, sorry, son Goliath? Has there been communication between what a, the? A- what a great name! It is true, football team name, isn't it? The son Goliath. Because that was a, you know a, a lend, mm. you know, yeah. who's on on loan. Where are we with that? Is he due to go back there soonish? I think he is. He's due to go back. Uh, I think in about four to five weeks. And the the Brumbies have have, have asked um, Suntory if they can extend that loan for another four or five weeks. So, uh, and then that's got to be extended again if Robbie Deans would like to select him in that first Test match against the Lions. So, I think for Robbie Deans, he knows how good George Smith is, but he's got two or three other breakaways that can fill that void as well. But if there's another injury in a number seven, especially Liam Gill, I think Robbie Deans will start to rethink whether he needs George Smith. Or not. I think they're worried about a precedent being set too, aren't they? To me, about uh, stealing players or chasing. Players. Yeah, exactly right, chasing players from overseas who haven't actually played here. Well, I mean, he's playing at the moment. He's he's not. Well, the, the rule is the, the rule is contract. if you're it, yeah, well, the rule is if you're an Australian player and you're playing overseas in Japan or Europe, you cannot be called back and be selected for the Wallabies. Whereas the Springboks do it. They mm. have uh, Percy Montgomery a few years ago brought him back from, from Wales to play test matches. So <laughs> he was the rule's been that, there though. for a long time. Yeah. I noticed that Israel Folau is one of those players who is okay, heading off to the logistics camp to get the headshots and the uh, hair done and uh, new boots fitted. <laughs> uh, he, through the week, said that he is very keen to play in sevens in the Olympics. Now, this is obviously a good character dangle, isn't it? I know that Bill Pulver, CEO of the RU, is very big on the sevens and thinks in some ways Australia's missed the boat on you know the, the sevens in terms of cashing in on it uh, compared with the countries around the world. He's very big on the Olympics and what that can do and then and the notion that the best players, it's you know, going to be from this, this group of players who will run around representing Australia, is that a... a, a a terrific carrot for people, Bert. Oh, absolutely. Imagine, imagine walking away with a gold medal, being an Olympian, so to speak. Um, I think it'd be absolutely fantastic. And, and not only that, but the sevens format's a really good format to 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 blood yourself as well. Uh, I got to first start playing with Tim, Jason, Little. Campisi liner up in Hong Kong and, and bad little sevens absolutely out. yeah I was carrying the drinks but that was okay but <laughs> yeah, I was going to say can you remember that tour bird, <laughs> <laughs> took it seriously did we I took it seriously oh, I think that he, was the only he one came, went on I think he came back in about four tailored suits and <laughs> ghetto blaster and <laughs> it, was, it was a logistics tour it was a logistics tour exactly right <laughs> hoping I was going to get another one exactly it's the ruck this is the ruck the Sunday rugby show Yes, and Gordy Bray set to resume uh, his job behind the microphone calling rugby for Channel 10. Will you be, you'll be involved in well, won't you, Berkey? Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Will you be the, tips. on the sideline or you'll be in the commentary box? Where uh, no, I'll sit high and, high oh. and mighty, I think. Really? Yeah, nice. Well, that's actually a great man. Gordon Bray's a lovely guy, Gordon Bray, and mm. so knowledgeable on the game. And uh, it's a great call from Channel 10 to get Gordon involved. I can see a few influences out of uh, his to yours, Timmy, now. It's... As you mentioned right? about, yeah, or just the, the Taranaki pig farmer. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting stats that come out. I love the Taranaki pig farmer. That's my <laughs> the in, in, Invercargill Bowls coach. Yeah, almost, yeah. <laughs> just quickly wrap up those uh, rugby scores again. The Brumbies 30 beat the Highlanders 19. The Reds 31 over the Chiefs 23. Blues 28 beat the Hurricanes 6. The Southern Kings 30 at the death beat the Rebels 27. The Western 4 16 over the Crusaders 14. The Stormers 22 beat the Sharks 15. And the Bulls 26 over the Cheetahs 20. The Waratahs had the bye. Next, we'll talk with Sterling Mortlock right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. We are now joined by former Wallaby captain, now assistant coach at the Melbourne Rebels, Sterling Mortlock. Good morning, Sterling. Morning, Tony. How you going, mate? Well, thanks, buddy. Hey, before we get to the heartbreak of uh, yesterday's loss for the Rebels, have you ever been to uh, Wallaby's logistics camp? (laughs) 
Uh, thankfully, I haven't. <laughs> Apparently, it just you get your suit fittings. Timmy's told me it's all they're doing: getting the suits fittings and a bit of hair done, and away you go. Sounds terrific. I know. It's quite funny. You, you know, you've, you're a long way out of the game when I can start thinking, well, back in my day, yeah. this sort of thing didn't happen. Back in my day, fellas, you'd rock up and you'd have a, a day of madness where you'd tick off all those things, and that wasn't going to lead up to your first test match. <laughs> so um, I'm willing to get beyond the game there, aren't I? <laughs> old man, I love it. Hey, the other question I de- desperately needed you to answer me from uh, last night, uh, Burke and I were watching. Who was the big forward, because I couldn't quite see his face, who was lying on the ground crying like a baby after that loss, which is probably <laughs> the right emotion you should have? Oh, to be honest, I'm not too sure. I was uh, watching from the stands, yep. and I could see just the heartbreak on everyone's yeah. faces. And then even in the huddle, uh, you know, five minutes later, uh, everyone was just so uh, dishevelled and distraught about, you know, the fact that uh, it was a really important game for us at the club. Um, and we'd actually played quite well yep. um, for, for a fair period of time in that whole game. But unfortunately, in particular, the back end, the last 20 minutes of the game, uh, our game management and an ability to, uh, to, to to grab hold of either, grab hold of the game and, and control things, we just lost that. And 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 the, the Kings did really well at the end. You know, he, he nailed that field goal, and they did really well. Um, Sterlo, Tim Horan here. Mate, I just want to ask you, uh, um, leave the Rebels for a little bit, but James O'Connor at fly half, um, where would you play him in the Wallaby back line? What would, what would be your Wallaby back line, the first test match against the Lions in Brisbane? Uh, obviously, Quade Cooper not in the 30-man logistics squad at the moment, but um, what would be your Wallaby back line from, obviously, Will Genia at nine, and what about outside of Will Genia? Yeah, good morning, Tim. Thanks for the short ball. Um, <laughs> that 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 is a is a is an interesting question in itself. Um, well, just answer I, it I, then. I, 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 I'd say, the politicians. I'd say, I'd say first and foremost, Will Guinea at nine, mate. Um, he looks he looks he looks the business. Um, now, but in all honesty, What's answering the, the answering the question with uh, James O'Connor, with I'd be picking him on the wing wing. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I think that. Uh, his calling and also just his game awareness uh, at, at 10, uh, he still needs to work on that. He's getting better, but, uh, you know, he hasn't played that position consistently from what, day dot. What, what about so, that, um, um, Snorky? Let's, let's go back to last night. What about that? Like, he was standing at 10 there. As you mentioned, he had some great little moves where he stuck or fixed the, the guy in front of him, got to the outside man, but just couldn't quite get that ball away. That, that just... That just comes with time. And as I think the guys were saying it on, on, the, on the commentary. It works at training just a little bit faster when you're on the, on the game, a little bit harder. Yeah, that's right, Berkey. And I think also, uh, Helmy, you might have more of an opinion. It looks like James has all the attributes to be a fantastic 12, uh, where he has a little bit more time and a little bit more space. And he, he can have a bit more running game to, to bring that to the table as well. Whereas when you're at 10, you want them to be more of a ball distributor. Uh, kicking is a really important part of, of, of what you can bring to the table as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think his skill set currently um, is more suited to probably long-term 12. But at this stage, you know, the fact that he's really is electric when he touches the ball um, from second sort of wave shapes and whatnot. And that's where blind winger, you know, predominantly you get the ball. So that's the only reason why I think at this stage, if I was picking, into, picking a test team tomorrow, I'd probably have him on the sting. So, Sterlo, you still haven't answered my question. Who who would be yeah, the yeah. centres? Who would be the centres for the, the test match that, for the Wallabies now on form? Uh, 
Sterling Mortlock? I, I, I still don't see anyone at 13 that's put their hand up and said, right, I, you can't not pick me in, the, in, the, in the 13. Yeah. So yep. I, I think that's still wide open. And uh, I think Benny Tapper-wise, he hasn't done too bad. Um, Would you pick Quade he, Cooper? Um, well, I, I really, I'm really happy with the way that the AAU have dealt with Quade and in particular how he's responded. So the way that he played last night, I credit to him, but I think, you know, Quade's been through a, a tough trot the last two years and they've put a, pretty much drawn a line in the sand and he's got to earn his respect and earn his spot back. I like that. Um, having said that, we all know his capabilities. Mm. Uh, when Quade's on mentally and when he's on physically, he's easily our best team in Australia. But uh, at this stage... Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him you know, earn that respect back first before he gets picked. So, uh, Christian Lelofano, in my mind, you know, taking into consideration, consideration his form last year prior to his injury, he was standout at 10. Obviously, he's playing 12 at the moment. So, I'd have him in my test team. Uh, and it all depends on whether you pick him at 10 or 12, though. Mm. Sterling, are you enjoying this process, the, the coaching role at the Rebels? Is that something you had you know, aspired to, and how are you enjoying settling in there? A timely question there, mate. Not not at all after that. Uh, <laughs> after that loss last night. Um, no, look, in all honesty, guys, my role with the club, uh, it's it sort of, I'm I'm a resource to the coaching staff. I'm not a full-time assistant coach. Yep. Uh, I, I do a huge, huge part of my role with the coaching staff is uh, opposition preview and analysis and helping try to devise opportunities and hopefully uh, nullify the opposition and what they're going to bring to the table. And then also at training, when I'm there, uh, being more of, a, I guess, a consultant and, and trying to work on guys' lines and things that I'm seeing and assisting and another set of eyes and ears. So I'm not so a full-time so, assistant so you- coach. So you're a logistics coach. (laughs) (laughs) Berkey and Helmy, you know what it is, consultancy, it's where it's at. (laughs) It's like like Tony's brother. Tony's brother's a consultant as well. Supply change management, it's the same thing. Hey, uh, Snorky, I wanted to to ask you about last night, though, as well. Um, Decision-making early to to not go for goal and put the pressure on, even though you, you guys were down by the 14 points, it looks like you still had... Plenty of, I suppose, going you to score the try and know that you could score tries and, and win the game. Yeah, look, I was pretty happy with most of the decision-making processes that went out there last night. And as you alluded to, uh, you know, having a crack for the corners. Our line-out has certainly, or all our set-piece, our scrum-out line-out has improved um, out of sight the last 12 months. And nice for us to, to back that and go for the seven points. And and that was uh, validated. We got them to get at least one time and it ended in seven, point, seven points to us as opposed to three. So uh, you, you guys have you know, known how my style of captaincy and, and usually, mate, that's, I loved backing ourselves and going for, going for the try. Uh, we played this game to score tries. We played to be positives. Um, so to watch that, see that last night was really, really good. Um, I guess uh, getting back to probably the back end of the game, the disappointing thing from mine was just the, just the ability to control uh, some really important things. So we had a line-out turnover uh, around about the halfway. Ended up the Sharks got the ball. I mean, so the, the Kings got the ball, uh, rumbled it away, got the penalty. So then it turned it into a seven-point game. Then uh, and then eventually, you know, a couple of mistakes and they end up uh, leveling it. We we then stuffed the kick off, yes. and then after that, got a man Simbin, and then there was a, you know, so there was a number of issues where we could have stop the rot but we didn't and so that's more my concern about the group 
All right, mate. Well, look, Sterling, always great to talk to you. Just letting you know that the, uh, the Ruck will have a consult, uh, logistics meeting at the Clavelli Hotel in the next couple of weeks. So if you, you want to join us for that, uh, you're more than welcome. Yeah, the consultant would be more than happy to see you guys there. <laughs> the consultants are first to get the chop too, mate, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. There you go. Sterling Motlock, thanks so much. <laughs> Working with the Melbourne Rebels. This is The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. That is a member for Kingsford Smith on throat in front of Midnight Oil, the US Forces. Time to get you a bit of uh, a sports update from not just the world of rugby. Let's run through some scores for you in the A-League. Uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers, of course, as you know, 2-0 over Brisbane Roar. The people of Brisbane, uh, Timmy, would all be de- devastated, yeah? Well, yeah, we're, we're shattered, but they mm. came from nowhere. They uh, made, the, made the finals, but a great season, wasn't it, oh. from uh, Western Sydney? Unbelievable. What about, what about the, the spin of the Queenslanders? You know, like they, they lose one, oh, but they came from nowhere, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, underdogs. Well, when you talk about coming from nowhere, the Western Sydney Wanderers didn't exist last year. <laughs> and that is literally come coming from nowhere. From nowhere. Well. <laughs> yeah, but they bought too many players, they've overspent, oh. salary cap. <laughs> Shinji Ono's goal was just wonderful. Shinji Ono, just brilliant there. Okay, and they, of course, played the win of the uh, Mariners and victory game. Uh, the Geelong Cats, 119 beat Carlton, 103. Uh, Gold Coast just got, uh, that was very close. The Brisbane Lions just went past them, 94-92. Finally, the Brisbane Lions get one, yeah. one from three. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're travelling beautifully. St Kilda, <laughs> too good for Greater Western Sydney. Uh, West Coast Eagles continued the, the, the terrible start for Melbourne, 177-83. to 83. The Swannies had a bit of a scare in the first half from North Melbourne, but the third quarter of 11 goals, they uh, just too good. And uh, Fremantle, not good enough for Essendon. All right, in rugby league, South Sydney went down to the Storm, 17-10, the top of the table clash. The Raiders, uh, 20 beat New Zealand Warriors, 16. The Knights, 8-6 over Panthers. That's and- a good game. That's <laughs> good. The Broncos, 12-10 over North Queensland. And the Sydney City Roosters, 38, beat the Bulldogs. You know, for St George fans, that's, of course, the score that the Roosters beat the Dragons in the 1975 grand final. But let's not talk about that. What about, can I just say, mention one thing. I mean, we've, we've always spoken about Sonny Bill Williams on the show. and what, he, what How, how good had. was he? Oh, how good was Sonny Bill? But yep. what about, let me, let me just throw a contrast to me. What about his first pass? Right hand side, left mm. to right, mm. and flat ball to the the winger to score the try. To Ivasa Shek. To Ivasa Shek, mm. half an Ada. Yeah. Um, conversely, first half, first two minutes fifty in the in the first game against uh, the, the 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 Reds, mm. um, Anthony Fayanga threw a pass that if if Rod Davies didn't get a finger on it, it would have landed in the third row was, of the stand. Yeah. It was that bad, and then he did one. If you remember, he did one against Ireland in the. Uh, the the World Cup, he passed it into touch. What, what are they what doing? A wonderful player, isn't he, Sonny Bill Williams? And to oh. score two tries, I didn't think he'd have as much impact that he's having. I knew that he'd bring crowds to the game, but actually on the field, he, he's performing. It just looks like um, breaking news. He looks like he won't be in the Kiwis Rugby League test team uh, on Friday night because he's uh, aggravated his knee injury uh, in that match. So it's a shame because it would have been great to see him. Yeah, okay. So that's the in, in Canberra on Friday night. All right, the golf. Last week we had a bit of a, uh, we put, I think it was $1,000 each on this. Yes. Uh, that who of us Rupal, we, we, rupees yeah, yeah, we, we pick a, te- a player and see who is highest at this point that's what we, we agreed it was at this point it wasn't where they win it was at the, we, we said we'd check in on Sunday morning this, now, what, this point after moving day day three correct uh, your player Timmy from memory was I'm just trying to see if he's on uh, um, Phil Mickelson Phil yeah. Mickelson that's mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. don't think he made the cut Phil I think he's back at home watching the last two rounds on telly yeah. correct okay so your thousand is in the pot there somewhere but where did you yep. go Berkey I, I said um, uh, Angel Cabrera you I said think, nothing I? like Angel I, 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 I went European Angel, yes you went uh, you went so 
Charlotte. He went from former world number one Rory McIlroy. Former. <laughs> He's nowhere as well. I think uh, uh, your host might have gone for Adam Scott. Now, as we look at the leaderboard, Angel Cabrera is at minus seven alongside another great name, Brant Schnedeker, uh, at, at seven under. Adam Scott from Australia is uh, at six under. The three of the four Australians are then you know, backed up. Australia. Adam Scott at six under. Mark Leishman, who had about four over in the back nine, mm. uh, five under. And Jason Day, who I think bogey, did you say, Timmy, the last couple? Last two he did, yeah, bogey, bogey. So, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, he's dropped a little bit. But why not be interesting now, on Monday morning, mm. everyone is always late to work. You get to work yes. about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Yeah, Don't expect happen. everyone to be at work early on Monday if Adam Scott is charging down the 17th or 18th. Yes, because just the, the entire world watches golf. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods uh, minus, is minus three after having a bit of uh, trouble with the dropping of the ball. There. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. He um, hit, the, hit the stick on, I think it was 15, it went back in the water and mm. he dropped it in perhaps the wrong spot. Well, he and dropped it in Illinois, and it's a totally different suburb. Well, exactly that. right. <laughs> I think it's rule 26, <laughs> subset B, point three, clause 4. That's how technical the, the game of golf is. He was just outside the radius. Yeah, exactly. So, two-shot penalty. He was wearing long socks, which is a one-stroke penalty, <laughs> uh, which is fair enough. So, there you go. The Australians are in contention. Uh, we're going to come back very shortly and wrap it all up right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Time for us to wrap it up on the ruck. Uh, Timmy Horan, before you tell us what is happening next week, I understand you've had some uh, communication. Yeah, I have, yes. Mm, yeah, um, on Facebook, mm. um, whatever that is. Um, we've got a, a Facebook message here from uh, Thanks, a supporter and a, and a listener, yeah. uh, Tasos in Norway. Uh, I think it's probably about 2 a.m. at the moment. He's listening online to Triple M, so Tasos. Is, he you know, Norway, mate, is it Oslo is the capital of Norway? Is it right? Uh, well, I think he's the captain of the Norwegian rugby team as well, oh, so okay. they've, they've scraped together a, a few players mm. for that one. So, um, Have they just come listen- off of the distance camp as well? Mm. They 2 a.m. Yes. in the morning? I tell you, the first tackle when you're playing in Norway, it's a bit chilly. It's Yours. G'day, Tasos. Uh, what, so what's going on next week? Uh, next week, uh, a couple of good games coming up. The Force, the Western Force, after their win last night against the Crusaders, will be over in New Zealand playing the Hurricanes on Friday night. Um, the Waratahs will host the Chiefs at the Sydney Football Stadium Friday night. Um, that'll be a massive clash as well. So hopefully get past 20, maybe 25,000 people for the Waratahs. Get out there and support the Waratahs. Um, the Crusaders will play, take on the Highlanders. Haven't won a game yet. Mm. Sharks v. the Cheetahs. The Kings v. the Bulls in both of those games in South Africa. And one of the most important matches of the round, boys, mm-hmm. the Reds, the Queensland Reds, will host the Brumbies at Suncorp Stadium oh, on Saturday night. That's wow. massive, isn't it? That yep. is good. That is good. All right, well, if you are going out to see the Waratahs, make sure you uh, arrive early and get a parking spot because I think the, the Swans are playing Geelong next door at the SCG, so that would be terrific traffic. Get there at 4 o'clock. Yeah. In fact, leave now <laughs> if you want to get there in time. Uh, have a great week. We'll catch up next week. See you soon.